Hello! Welcome to Social Contemporaries, a podcast where we discuss social institutions, ideas, beliefs, issues, and everything in between. I'm your host, Arya. And I'm your other host, Akriti. With this, we present to you our very first episode. This particular episode is going to be more informational and with information gathered from trusted secondary resources than conversational, as we are going to be dealing with the current pandemic. So please bear with us. Till date, we all have a little understanding of what COVID-19 is. Just to emphasize, COVID is an illness which originated from China. But as you know, it is mutating and mutated COVID is seemingly more vicarious or let's just say it is more dangerous. As COVID-19 is an RNA virus, it has the capability to change its genetic makeup. With each genetic modification, a new variant of the virus is formed. Till date, numerous variants have been discovered across the globe with both transmission and death rates increasing with each newly found variant. Some of the variants are those from the United Kingdom, India, South Africa, and Nepal. The UK variant forced the nation to go into two intense lockdowns before cases started declining, whereas the Indian variant is still prominent and wreaking havoc in the country especially with the discovery of the black fungus, which, according to Reuters, is a fungal infection which causes blackening or discoloration over the nose, blurred or double vision, chest pain, breathing difficulties, and might also cause some people to cough up blood. As the BBC has reported, mucormycosis, or black fungus, affects the sinuses, the brain, and the lungs, and can be life-threatening in severely immunocompromised individuals. So the situation is indeed extremely grave in India, along with all other nations. Apart from these, all the other discovered variants, including the ones in South Africa, Nepal, and more recently in Vietnam, have caused the respective nations an immense expenditure of capital, infrastructure, and medical workforce, and has left most people and the countries scrambling to seek and provide necessary medical services respectively. However, dealing with the pandemic has become slightly easier with international and national support. But before we get into that, Arya and I would like to elaborate a bit more in the context of our country, Nepal. Nepal has been through a couple of lockdowns and currently, the nation is under a curfew where people are restricted to move about unless for extremely important causes. While cases were exponentially high a few weeks ago, cases have been found to be fluctuating in the past couple of days. But what's interesting is that the number of PCR tests done in a day has also been decreasing the past couple of days. Well, one reasonable explanation for the decline could be that medical facilities were unable to perform an increasing number of tests. However, the numbers are decreasing by thousands over a day. And seeing as how PCR tests do not require many medical supplies or beds, it is skeptical as to why the testing situation is as it is. While we here in Nepal are not completely oblivious, we have our own theories. People across the nation believe that such measures have been taken considering taxes are to be paid up soon and the Nepali government wishes to be seen as though They've utilized obtained resources well and are keeping the contaminations at bay. This also seems to be a logical explanation as 
The Prime Minister KPO Lee had previously addressed an international audience saying cases were under control, when in fact the numbers were the highest of the time, and medical facilities were falling short of required supplies. Another theory is that, well, maybe people are just hesitant to go get tested. Well, while this might be true, but the fact that whether they test if they have corona or not could actually determine whether they live or not. The gravity of the situation makes it seem as though this reason might be improbable. Well, this remains to be a highly debatable topic as of now. What do you think, Arya? Definitely. It is highly debatable. As Akriti said before, yes, Nepal is getting help from various countries as well. As per my knowledge, those countries are India, China, USA, countries in the European Union, the UK, and also WHO. These nations, along with any others that, me, that we may not have explicitly named, are helping Nepal in terms of providing N95 masks, ventilators, oxygen, PPD, and medications. Additionally, our president, Vidya Devi Bandari, has appealed a letter to Joe Biden, the president of the USA, regarding providing vaccines for the country. Let's see how that goes. On a bright note for Nepal, during this perplexing time, Nepali people from all over the globe are collaborating to support Nepal for funds and medications. From my own research, there are a lot of organizations helping to support Nepal in this time period. Some of the organizations that are helping Nepal are Give to Asia, Global Giving Org, OCHG Services, COVID Alliance for Nepal, and COVID Connect Nepal. But keep in mind that there are many other providing aid too. And now, with the help of advanced medicine and technology, researchers have been able to develop COVID-19 vaccine, which helps reduce the effect of virus if we are to be contaminated. But many people are still skeptical about the COVID vaccine. And in various countries, motivational programs have been led to get their citizens vaccinated. According to CNN News, in the U.S., a total number of 50 individuals between the ages of 12 to 17, if they are fully vaccinated, would be awarded full right scholarships. Isn't that amazing, Akriti? Yeah, yeah, that sure is. But if I may ask, is this applicable to all states in the U.S. and for all educational levels? Or is it just applicable in covering fees until they graduate from high school? Not all the states, but it is happening in the state of New York. It is indeed for undergraduate. They will basically receive their scholarship once they get enrolled in the college. Moving uh. forward... Moving forward to the UK, clubs are serving free drinks and food for the people who got vaccinated. These are only a few examples. Certainly, there are more, but these are truly some positive steps to getting individual vaccinated. For our Nepali listeners in Nepal, if you are willing to get vaccinated, you must be 18 years old and you will be receiving a vaccination card. Uh, due to a shortage in supplies, we are not in the situation to get vaccinated currently, but we are sure to receive a vaccination in the near future. Let's hope for the best. 
On the positive note, slowly and steadily, many countries are healing from COVID-19. Again, talking about the U.S. and the European countries, the government has decided to loosen up the mask mandate. For example, in public areas, they do not require a mask. Those public areas include parks, open spaces, beaches, and theaters. Some U.S. states that that do not require masks at all after getting fully vaccinated are Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. Also, some EU countries such as Greece, Germany, France, the UK, and Israel, it is not mandatory for them to wear masks in those nations, but they are free to choose. No, I'm not being skeptical, but seeing that not all the vaccines are 100% effective, just a thought, will this work? Well, it might not, because, well, as you said, not all vaccines, none of the vaccines are 100% effective. So if a fully vaccinated person is to uh, get the coronavirus, it may transmit to other people and... Well, we can't be sure what will happen next. Yeah, you're correct. And already with such a pandemic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I think. And, well, with such a pandemic, it's pretty obvious that the world economy has also suffered a great deal. What with having to build infrastructures, increasing medical workforce, spreading awareness, engaging in vaccine development and distribution processes, along with aid distribution programs. Countries of all economic backgrounds have suffered immensely. With COVID-19 still widely prevalent, people have had to work remotely. Many of them lost their jobs, and all of us were consigned into our own houses. This caused a major drop in the GDP, both in terms of the world and countries in general. Also, traveling poses a risk, and so many travel-related businesses, along with all businesses catering to the public, faced difficulties in operation and many were forced to shut down permanently. So you see, everyone, like literally everyone has been affected by the coronavirus. But slowly but surely, everyone started living or rather adapting to the new normal. Yes, people were isolated from others, everything was conducted virtually, many people faced financial losses, many individuals and families were frustrated, aggravated and devastated by the condition and obviously especially those infected with the virus. But somehow we pulled through. We continued fighting, and today, several public places and countries have started entertaining visitors. While the scenario might look different from the one we were used to experiencing, this is still progress. Countries are making efforts to ease restrictions and return to normal, or at least what was considered to be normal back in the day, which is before the pandemic ever happened. However, the transition from the pandemic stage to the so-called normal stage, or let's say the post-pandemic stage, will not be easy. As Arya previously mentioned, few countries have begun easing mask mandates for those who have been vaccinated. But again, if such mandates are to improve the condition or to aggravate it further, is yet to be seen. On a lighter note, the Olympics are going to be held in Japan. The government is pushing to host the Olympics despite the state of emergency declared till late June and despite <clears> the national protest. Yes, I know why. I said this is relatively light news. And why, do you ask? Because the Olympics is just fun and games, isn't it? This is just the country's way of redeeming the normal. And it doesn't matter how many people are protesting or how grave the situation actually is. 
because it's the Olympics. They're bringing back the normal. What's wrong with that? And yeah, there's a possibility that foreign nationals will not be able to be spectators. And also even Japanese citizens may not be able to be spectators. But it's fine. They're bringing back the Olympics, the games, the tradition. I love the Olympics. I mean, well, yeah. Well, yeah, this was a bit sarcastic, if you unguessed it. And... I honestly am not sure what to make of this decision. Decision, But hmm. there's something even more surprising, Akriti. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Did you just say surprising? More surprising than this? What is it? Turkey is open to tourists. But guess what? The citizens have a lockdown. So tourists can go scampering about sites, obviously following the mandatory guidelines, while locals are free to enjoy the sites like people viewing animals in the zoo. They are left confined in their own homes, their own country, while other people are free to roam around as they please. Well, isn't this a very fair deal? A a fair deal? Do you even hear yourself? What is wrong with it? Oh my god. I can't comprehend it. (laughs) Anyway, let's just leave that behind and getting back to the point at hand. Just because we're trying to get back to normal doesn't necessarily mean that we are there yet, or even soon to be there yet. So for the time being, with places slowly opening to the public, we would like to reinforce the gravity of the situation and would like to emphasize that all individuals take proper precautions. Arya, could you please elaborate more on what kind of precautions the people might want to take? Sure, Akriti. Please wear your mask when going to crowded places or when you are in contact with other people. Wash your hands frequently. Keep your distance at all times. We understand that there are places with lax mandates, but we still urge you to follow the safety measures such that the virus can be kept under control as much as we can and all of us can remain safe. But just in case you happen to catch the virus, be wary of its symptoms like fever, dry cough, tiredness, aches and pains, sore throats, diarrhea, conjunctivitis, headaches, loss of taste or smell, a rash on skin or discoloration of fingers or toes. While these symptoms are inclusive of the common and uncommon symptoms, you should really be prompt in responding to symptoms such as difficulty, breathing or shortness of breath, chest pain or pressure, and loss of speech or movement. As these are severe symptoms, in such case, you should be prompt in acquiring medical help. We know it's a difficult time for all of us. At this time, we are all stuck at our houses. We feel hopeless and anxious. So how can we decrease our COVID anxiety at this time period? From my side, what I do and some tips, if you may. I practice yoga every day, at least for 20 minutes. Sometimes I paint and knit to kill the free time. And also, I love reading novels. Currently, I'm reading Miss Marvel and Mystery. Very interesting. You should read it. Feel free to share any tips for us as well. I know we can't do a lot at this time, but instead, sticking up to your phones, you could just get out of your room and roam around your balcony and backyard just a few minutes to take in the fresh air and to refresh yourself. This might be refreshing, I guess. 
On a positive note, it's an opportunity for all of us to get started on the old project we had suspended and also to explore your creativity, interest, and passion for personal and social development. More importantly, stay safe, stay busy. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.